Welcome to episode 26 of the Scout Trailblazers podcast. And this is a special episode because I get to talk to two creators of a book called No Ghosts in Hiroshima. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And it's, it's for order now in the current previews, which is the May previews, and it's for July. So I have to expect that this book's coming out in July. So Let's start out alphabetically, and that'll be Luigi Barillo. How are you doing, Luigi? Fantastic. Thanks, Wayne, for having us on the show. It's good to talk with you. And then the name that, that the rest of us in comics are probably a lot more familiar with is Jim Kruger. How are you doing, Jim? I'm doing so good. It's good to talk with you. Of course, I, Jim, I know from uh, many of your comics with Alex Ross and good things like that, all kinds of wonderful books that I could spend the next half hour <laughs> identifying, but we'll, we'll, we'll avoid that. Um, so why don't we start out by how, finding out how everybody got involved with the project. Now, I understand, Luigi, you're the one to talk to as to how you and Jim got involved in this book. Yes. And so um, I've always wanted to do a, a graphic novel. Um, and it started off as a screenplay and a script. Read uh, Robert McKee's story, and that didn't that wasn't exciting enough. And thankfully, I, I I talked to one of my mentors, who happened to be a good friend of Jim's actually, and said, "Hey, I've got this idea for a story. It's a screenplay. I want to see if I can get it into like a graphic novel. Any ideas?" He said, "Oh yeah, I'm best friends with Jim." So I said, "There you go. That's the beginning of the story." <laughs> So, Jim, how did you, when they talked with you, what was your reaction about it? Well, it was it was so interesting because this friend um, who I went to high school with, uh, he his whole response to me was was just glowing and glowing about about Earth X, and then he said that he had this friend, and that's how he put Luigi and I together, and we I read Luigi's um, screenplay. I don't even think I thought it was really going to become a project or anything like that at all. But I did it for my original friend, you know, that I went to high school with. And then I read it and there were some really amazing ideas in it. And, you know, sometimes I get scared when I'm adapting other people's screenplays because I'm never sure how other people will deal with, ooh, if we change this, it might be better. Or what do you think about this? But Luigi was so easy to work with and i was just like well what do you think if we did this to the story it takes it in kind of this direction and then that got luigi excited and then bit by bit as we talked luigi was so easy going and so creative as as like a partner to work with that it just went and and became this easy thing Great. Well, at this point, why don't I go ahead and read the description as it's read in the previews book. It's a little long. How do you pronounce the doctor's name? Heinrichson? Is that how I pronounce it? Heinrichson. Heinrichson. Okay. All right. Let me read it here. Dr. James Heinrichson is racked with guilt because of a mistake he made many years ago. He believes he has unwittingly condemned an innocent soul to eternal suffering and pain. In an attempt to set things right, he has worked for years to invent a way to free this soul from hell. But the doctor's efforts have stirred demonic attention by those who see this as a way to seize power in hell. Chased by these demons, the doctor is badly injured and is forced to hand over his discoveries to his prize pupil, a medical intern named Dr. Gabriel Oldman, imploring him to deliver a briefcase to an old friend before it's too late. 
so Luigi, you were saying this came from uh, you were read you read the story somewhere else, and that inspired you to to tell this story. Yes, no. So um, it, it was my story, and um, the, the idea that sort of spurned that that sorry was the genesis of all this was um, the idea of whether or not you can sort of disassemble or destroy a soul. You know, it's like, hey, does a soul exist? And um, and that was the genesis of of this of this book. Mm-hmm. And I understand it, 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 it. The title has changed some over time. Mm-hmm. It used to be it didn't have a no in there, but you wanted the word no. I understand. Yes, and well, it, when you read it, you'll find out that there end up being no ghosts in uh, Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Though you know that's a big part of the plot, so we probably shouldn't talk too much more on that. Oh, I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so, what kind of a story is this? Is this science fiction? Is this horror? Is it a blend of both? I would say it's it's really a mix of it's it's like a sci-fi thriller with some horror elements. Mm-hmm. Does it actually take place in Hiroshima or is it uh, somewhere else? Uh, some parts know. of it. Parts of it. Okay, so that we there's something to look forward to. Now, this is going to be coming out in July or. Yes, in July is what the, the book says. And I'm going to read a, the number if you want to get to your local store and tell them this is in the Diamond Previews. It's STL190215. So I'm sure you're going to want to make sure that you get that to them so that they can order it through the previews a little easier. And that'll make it easy for them. And of course, making things easier for the comic store is always a good thing. And this comes under Scout and good things like that. Um, Maybe, Luigi, the thing to ask is, how did it end up with Scout? Did you pitch Scout with it? Is that how it happened? I trusted Jim through the whole process. That's that, you know, Jim was alluding to how easy I am to work with. Well, I know to defer to the guys who know. (laughs) So So, I lead and I said, you know what you're doing, young man. We're going to go with it. Okay. Well, Jim, how about how how did you decide to go to Scout? Uh, You know what? I've been both friends and a fan of Brendan Deneen for so long. Um, Like I knew him in New York when I lived there way before I moved to LA and got involved in like film and TV out here. So Brendan was always someone that I liked and worked with. He and I wrote um, Phoenix years ago, which was another um, comic using some of the Atlas heroes. And I wrote a, a Flash Gordon short story for him for Brendan years ago. So Brendan has always been like one of these guys that I want to work with and want to work with again. And then as I was looking at the state of like the comic book industry, you know, I just kept on coming across his name and scout. And I was like, you know, Luigi, I think this is a place to take this. Mm -hmm. Well, scout's great for uh, putting out books that are not necessarily long johns or superhero ones. And so I think that's kind of a, one of the best things to do is to take it to a, a place that's more open to different kinds of stories like this. And so I think that's why this is a good place for it to be a step. Now, Jim, uh, uh, there was a story I read about you that I was <laughs> I was fascinated with, and I saw it on Wikipedia, and it talked about you and Walt Disney World, of all things. And we talked a little bit before we started to record. Do you want to tell that story? Because I think that's kind of an interesting story about uh, – your inspiration to going into comics. Right. And, and like 
like you just said, um, you know, this isn't the story of me deciding or hoping or stumbling into the industry. It's almost like this childhood calling to become a storyteller. So um, I grew up in in one of the suburbs of of Milwaukee uh, called Brookfield, and um, you know that's where I went to high school. As I said before, with with Luigi's friend, and we became friends. But anyhow, when I was six years old. Um, I had a brother who was four and my, my mom was saying to my dad, you know, we're going to, we can't just work all the time. You can't just work all the time. Let's do a big trip. And so we got on a train from Milwaukee to Chicago, uh, and in Chicago, two things that are like one thing that's already significant to my, to my career was my dad, um, of his own choice, bought a comic book for myself and my brother. He got my brother a Batman comic and he got me a Superman one. And I was so disappointed. I was so just cause Batman <laughs> was so cool. And, um, you know what, what's so interesting about that is, is I say, I talk about my sibling jealousy and I talk about how cool Batman looked, but it's taken me so much of my life to grow into truly loving Superman and really feeling like I know how to write that character. So, even that in and of itself is significant. And plus there's something about buying a, or getting a Superman comic in a train station that speaks to faster than locomotives and blah, 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 that just seems <laughs> that it was really, really like fortuitous. So anyhow, what wasn't fortuitous is we got on then a train and my parents went all out. I mean, this was a point where it was, it was cheaper, certainly, to be in a sleeper car, but but it was still they went all out. So we were in a sleeper car on this train headed to um, headed to Florida, so we could go to Disney World. And you know, we had barely left Chicago when Florida got hit by a hurricane, and it was it was raging there. You know, the palm trees, you know, would would bow down to the winds and be blown over and stuff like that. And my parents kept on telling me that, well, there's lots of things to do inside at Disney world. And my dad was saying things like, well, I was stationed in Florida. And so we really, you know, don't worry. The weather changes very quickly, but there we are. We're in our yellow ponchos, you know, like everyone else outside the gates of Disney world. And it's still pouring. No matter what the weather is saying, it's still pouring. And when you step, the way you get into Disney World is is after you go through the main gate, there are like a couple tunnels. There's there's a tunnel you have to go through, and in that tunnel underneath there are lockers and that kind of thing. But then you come out on the other side, and you're on Main Street, and you can see the castle and all that sort of thing. Well, in within the time of entering the tunnel – and coming out on the other side, the storm, the hurricane really did break. So I came out on the other side of that tunnel, and it was just a couple minutes later, if even that, and you had these streaks of of light shooting down from from between the clouds, and the rain was, you know, you could see the, the sun reflected, the new sun reflected in the puddles, and and it was like an angelic revelation. And then my dad looked down at me and he said, now, you know why they call it the magic kingdom. And I swear he screwed me up from that point on forevermore. <laughs> and, and so 
really all my writing now um, and, and this book that Luigi was kind enough to, to add me to the creative team on um, is really a story of going from darkness to light. Great. Right now, Luigi, I don't expect you're going to have quite the story that uh, maybe Jim does, but how, how did you get into comics? Well, you know, um, it was at a Dominic's in Chicago, and I picked up X-Men. And I think it was uh, Days of Future Past. For oh. some reason, that was like the first, mm, I think Cyclops had left the team. And the next thing you know, they're in the future somewhere. And then you see on the cover an old Wolverine with Kitty Pride. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, what a story. And uh, that was just like a two-parter, I think. That, and uh, it was fantastic. And I, and I got into it from there. I had read The Hulk before, but um, that was sort of a flat character in my mind now. I thought the X Men was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was my gate. That was my gateway drug. Well, <laughs> to begin with, like one of the best comics ever written and drawn. You know, it's almost right. everything's downhill from there. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, wow. Claremont, John Byrne, and uh, Terry Austin. That was fantastic. So so good. Mm-hmm. Just terrific stuff. Well, so well, well, let me find Luigi. Uh, I get our first comic books in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's I, I even met John Byrne once. Um, he was on Devon doing some sort of book signing back in the day. And he was wearing um, a Fantastic Four sweater that had the number four on it, looking like Reed Richards. I, I, I don't know if that's a false memory. We should, we should ask uh, Mr. Byrne if, if it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. If, we'll see the next time we get a chance to talk to him. <laughs> so, well, uh, the, I guess it's a good time to ask then, Luigi. Are, are there other yeah. projects you're working on besides the uh, No Ghost in Hiroshima? Yeah. Well, I have another idea, but I'll, I'll torture Jim about it off off, off air. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that sounds good. You know what was really exciting about even this project is, you know, I deal so much in heroism or supernatural or this sort of thing. And, and Luigi brought this great sense of science to the project that opened up this whole storyline having to do with demons from hell. And that was really exciting. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Because uh, to me, magic, what's magic, but just uh, it's science that you don't quite understand. And if you knew all the little parts to you, it would just be science, not magic. Hmm. Cool. Cool. Well, what about you, Jim? Are you doing other projects too? We should probably talk about that. Um, yeah, no, no, I'm happy to. I, I've just finished, um, I've just finished, of course, Marvel's X, which is the prequel to Earth X and had so much fun getting to work with, with Alex Ross again and that team again. And that also, um, the artist that was used on that was an artist I had just worked with like before that on a project called the no ones, which is the story of a team of celebrity superheroes who accidentally, accidentally kill um, an innocent bystander while they're trying to save the city from, um, from a terrorist attack. And because they're so afraid of losing their celebrity status or how it's going to affect their bottom line and their toy sales and stuff like that, they hide the body from the media and bury it secretly. And then the next day they wake up and they've been cursed to insignificance 
No one's mm. ever heard them heard of them before. No matter what they do, um, no one is able to remember them more than a minute. And so it was really a chance in our kind of almost celebrity crazed current approach to things, or even how you know we put on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, however many things to kind of build us up. It's it's like what happens if no one could ever know you or remember you again. Hmm. Wow. And it was cool. It was like very heart, heart of what, what's at the heart of heroism. What's at the heart of celebrity. What's at the heart of wanting to be known, you know? So mm -hmm. it was fun. It was fun. And then that artist led to Marvel's X. Uh, and you know what, right now I'm just, I'm working on a movie. I'm working on, um, which is a true story based on some, based on someone I met. And I said, Ooh, can I get your rights one day? And then I was able to sell it to some producers. So that was what I'm working with the artist Hebrew on an action, on an action comedy graphic novel called action Pact, And that's the thing I'm working on right now and about to finish putting out. And, you know, I just, ghost wrote well didn't ghost write but i just did a um a polish on an anime movie that's that's coming out as soon as it gets announced so mm. busy times for sure well that's good that's it. when you guys are busy that's good for us because we get to read those good things moving on and stuff so it, it's well, great for that <laughs> it's always good stuff to, to have um if No Ghosts in Hiroshima was to turn into a movie or something, would you want to write the script, Jim? Um, I, I, yes, but you know what? It's more like the case of what's the best, what's the best person for this job. But yeah, I could certainly write the script. Okay, that'd be great. Um, uh, do you want to tell us? Is there anything more we can learn about the like like the doctors involved? Uh, that without spoiling the story, I mean, you've got the the guy who's racked with guilt, Doctor Enrickerson, and then you've got uh, uh, Doctor Oldman. Are there is there any background of them that that would help us in reading the story, or is that something we should wait for the comic to see? Luigi, I'm more than willing to share things that come out in the first issue if you're okay with that. Yes, please. Please do. Go ahead. Okay, so in the first issue, two new characters that, that haven't been mentioned were introduced to, and these are two demons from hell. And they want, they want what the Doctor has created. They want it desperately, because if they have this device, they can end the suffering of the souls in hell and set themselves up you know, to the kind of the highest bidder and that kind of thing. So these guys are like, think of them as businessmen from hell, you know, men in black from hell who see a way to put one over on Satan and change all the rules of, of this mythical place where people suffer forever. Cool. Wow. So that, that's so going to be, that's they come into it and um, thereafter our heroes. Because our heroes have a very different agenda, which is, you know, what even what they want to do is completely different than what, of course, the demons want to do. But but that's why I say it's a thriller, because it's very much like a chase story as well. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's going to be great. It's going to be fun. How, how many issues are in this uh, story? It's four. 
four issues. Okay, so that'll be. So the, it, are they going to come out monthly? Do you know? Uh, are they going to come out semi monthly or bi monthly? How's that going to work? I think we're opting more for the the trade paperback after after the first one, but we'll find out. Okay, because they have that's what they call a nonstop. Is uh, they'll put the first issue, and then a couple of months afterwards, they'll put out the whole trade paperback. Mm-hmm. Is that that how this is going to go? To the best yeah. of my knowledge. Okay, that'll be good. So, I guess the thing to do with, with, with this particular book is you want to watch and you know keep an eye out for that. Now, that of course leads me to to how people can keep up with you guys. Luigi, do you have like social media for your comics, the, the comics area of your profession? Mm, unfortunately, I don't. I'm actually uh, I, I'm a physician, and so uh, no, I don't have social media. <laughs> okay, definitely could and should by the time the graphic novel comes out. Yes. Yeah, people will want to keep up with you and stuff like that. Now, Jim, you probably have more social media because this is kind of more your profession. Are there ways that people can follow you and keep up with what you're doing? Uh, yeah, you know, the best is probably on Instagram, which is just I am the letter I, the letter M, like I'm. It's just I'm Jim Kruger. Okay, very good. You know, and I pretty much so run that through my Facebook, and I hardly ever use Twitter. I keep on saying to myself, I need to start, but then – Every time I talk to someone who is on Twitter, they're like, oh, I need to stop. So what do I do? What do I do? Yeah, I, I've kind of pulled back on Twitter some because uh, the trick about Twitter is is that like you get a tweet and it's only visible for like 20 seconds or something before other stuff comes along and pushes it off. So I, I tend not to do that. I'm a Facebook guy myself, so that's kind of where I like to go. But uh, as far as other things go, it, it's going to be good to keep up with you guys and see how things are going. Yeah, I I would recommend the same thing, Luigi. I would say get a uh, set up social media specifically geared towards your comics experience so that people can keep up with you and find out what's going on. Thank you. I would do so anyway. That's the way to do things. Um, anything else that we should tell people about the book that uh, uh, before I let you guys go? Um, Maybe not. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, there's so many, there's so many things to say. I mean, you know, it's, it gets, it gets pretty epic, mm -hmm. especially by the end. It gets pretty epic. You know, it's, it's like, it's like so many of the things even I've been involved to or been involved in, in the past. It just, it's one of those things that starts small and then just grows bigger and bigger and bigger until you, you reach the end and you're like, oh, my gosh, how did we get here? And yet it all makes sense every step of the way. Cool. Yeah, cool. And I can't thank Jim, Jim enough, Jim and the team, for, for making this dream of mine happen. It was just fantastic to, to see the whole process take place right in front of my eyes. And, and mm -hmm. I think we should also mention um, an artist – who also comes from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who drew it named Alberto Rios. And Alberto. Then, and then it was colored and finished by someone I've worked with multiple times named Zach Brunner. He's fantastic. And Zach Brunner and I did two graphic novels that uh, are only available in two ways. One, you can get them on Amazon, or you have to find me at a com comic convention because I always like to have things at a convention where people can't get anywhere else. And mm -hmm. so Zach and I did two graphic novels. One's called The Runner, which is the story of a guy who's been on the run 
from the Angel of Death since 1936. And the other is called The High Cost of Happily Ever After. And that's kind of the heroic journey of the damsel in distress. Like what happens if the prince does not live long enough to save her and she has to save herself? Hmm. Wow. And, and, and you get those where? Oh, you either have to get them on Amazon or you have to find me at a comic convention. Like I kind of only sell them at comic conventions or – if people reach out to me and they know about it on Instagram, they can I can do something in the mail to them. But I don't have a store set up or anything like that. So, okay, yep, that's how I met Jim the first time. We went up to San Francisco. That was fantastic. I miss I miss WonderCon not being in San Francisco. Mm. Mm. Do you guys expect conventions to come back? Some they're starting to rev up. Uh, it's, it's interesting. You talk about Walt Disney World. I, I live about twenty miles from Walt Disney World, oh so, so lucky, <laughs> super lucky. That's that's what Disney tells me all the time. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and Disney is right. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be fun. Well, sometimes what'll happen is you guys will have to get together at Disney World sometime. That would be Walt Disney World or something. Oh, that yeah. would be fun. So That's you guys do that. Fun. Maybe they'll make a, a No Ghost in Hiroshima exhibit there sometime. <laughs> that would be interesting. A ride, a ride, a scary ride. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> great. Oh that would be great. Well, again, it's called No Ghosts in Hiroshima. And the number that you can give your comic shop to order this book in sp specifically is STL190215. Two one five, and uh, if it changes by the time that this hits, if there's a first issue, if it starts coming out monthly or bimonthly, that you'll be able to follow it in the previews. If it's a nonstop, you can always go to scoutcomics.com and look at the store there, and they'll be able to have them there if you can't find them. If for some reason your store doesn't go through it, they, they try to order it, it doesn't happen for some reason. You can always go there and try to get that because I think that would be a great thing to do. And I think you're going to enjoy this book. I'm fascinated by the, the subject matter. I, I'm I'm always interested in stories about hell because hell is this complex and strange place where the stuff you don't expect <laughs> always seems to happen there. So I think this is going to be a really good story to follow. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see. And the, the cover that, that that's on the first issue is interesting. Is like this like a cloud, a red cloud with yellow eyes, is chasing after this car. Which I find really interesting. And that's, yeah, and my cover was drawn by Zach Brunner. It's fantastic, oh. and, co and colored by him. Yeah, it's, it's really something. I mean, I, gosh, I, 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 I automatically see myself in that car trying to get away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's only one direction you can go. That's right. <laughs> away, away from the fire. <laughs> that's right. Well, again, it's No Ghosts in Hiroshima, and I appreciate talking with you guys. I really highly recommend this book, and be sure to get the order in. It's going to be the, the, the due date is going to be maybe about a week or so from now. So you want to be sure to get to your store and let them know you want this because uh, uh, a lot of stores have a lot of product to choose from. And if people don't order them, sometimes they don't necessarily pick them up. So you can't depend on your store to do that. Be sure to let them know you want it. And again, I, I got to say, James Hake always wants me to mention 
if you can't get them at your local store, go to scoutcomics.com and look in the store section. They will likely have all kinds of good things there. So it's going to be good. Well, it's great talking with both of you, and I wish a lot of success in this book. And if you guys do other stuff, we'll have to talk again because I just think this is a, a gripping story. I could see this being a movie easily. Thanks. Thank you. Well, it's good talking with you guys, and I, I really want to see more stuff from you in the future and see great stuff uh, continue to happen because this is, sounds like a wonderful story. So just keep up the good work. Thank you Thank so you much. Wayne. Fun, Wayne.